I feel like I'm transported back to like seventh grade when you and your friend are laughing in class and you're trying so hard to stop, but you can't and you keep making eye contact and then you keep laughing harder and harder. So I need a minute. Okay, take a minute. I'm still recording this. That's, that's what I'm Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Blessed Assurance Podcast. I am so excited for this episode today. As you can probably tell from the intro clip, this episode is going to be slightly different. Um, I actually had the privilege of speaking on my friend Rev's podcast called the Revelations Podcast. Um, it's incredible. I highly recommend you check it out. He's one of my coworkers. He's one of my good friends now, and his podcast is so amazing because he talks about such a variety of topics with so many knowledgeable people and just really tries to to think and open up his mind a little bit. So we have a lot of in-depth conversations um, at work or in our personal lives outside of school, and we decided to just sit down and kind of record an episode together. It was really fruitful. It was really edifying. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about um, our friendship is that we have such a similar moral foundation. Um, and even if we don't see eye to eye on things, it's just really nice to be able to talk to someone openly and not feel judgment and just just have someone challenge me in the way I think. So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, the format would be a little bit different because obviously we recorded on his channel. Um, so you'll get to hear him kind of leading the conversation, leading the interviews and things like that. But again, it is the Revelations podcast. You can find him on YouTube where this podcast is also located. You can find him on Instagram, TikTok, all the things. I will also have the information linked down in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and enjoy. We're back with another verse of the Revelations podcast. I have my good friend here, Blair, from the Blessed Assurance podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right, good. So Blair and I, as I said in the intro, we worked together um, like the first year. We didn't talk no. to each other, right? But that's on me because it's just I don't, I'm not really a... <laughs> I wasn't talking to like that first year. And we um, were in different buildings. Yeah, but still, you know, and then even a the part of this year... Um, at the beginning of the school year, we weren't so close, but yeah. I think we've become fast friends For sure. and that's based around our core beliefs. Mm-hmm. We, we have, we have similar core beliefs, but what I think is really cool about you and I is through our conversations, we have a lot of, we have the same core beliefs. We have a lot of like extraneous differences about those core beliefs. Yeah. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Great. So give a little background, like who you are, where you're from, um, so the audience can know a little bit more about you, and then we'll jump into our topic. Okay. So hello, I'm Blair. I'm from a really small town in North Carolina, but I just tell people I'm from Raleigh because that's where I lived as an adult. Okay. Um, I've been a teacher for, this is my, I think this is my 10th year teaching, which is crazy. Okay. Uh, I teach high school science. That's what I've always taught, science. And there's not really much to be me other than that. I love Jesus. And we've been good friends since I was around 10 years old. We had a, a period of silence for a big chunk of time there, but now we are restoring. And that's where a lot of, I think the conversations from you and I have come from is just my spiritual growth and the way that God has revealed himself to me in a lot of different um, formats I've never seen before. And so 
So the period of silence, I want to get into that. We'll sure. just we'll just jump there. So I know about relationships and relationships are full of communication. My we have a relationship as friends, we communicate often, communicate with family, loved ones, all that good stuff. Um, but me and you have had conversations about God's communication with us. Communicate with God, know how to pray. Yeah. Got that part. Right. And then I hear things like, well, you read the Bible and that's God talking back to you. I have a problem with that in like in its totality, because I understand it. And I believe that the, the Bible is God's word is the word of God, literally is the word of God. But I'm like, did God stop talking at a man in Revelation? Uh, uh, now I'm saying revelations, but <laughs> revelations. No. So when you said you you and God became friends, talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you came to know God and Jesus personally. Because I think we all get introduced to it yeah. globally. Like this is God and he had a son named Jesus. And some people believe it, some people don't. But how did you, Blair, say, I know Jesus and I'm going to have a personal relationship? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so like I said, I feel like I, I knew Jesus when I was young. And something that we'll talk about later, I guess, is how God talks to us in some the way that God talked to me primarily as a child and even now as an adult is through other people. He knows how big I am on community because he knows me so personally. He knows how big I am on community. He knows how big I am on relationships. And so I feel like I met Jesus through people like my mom, people like my grandmother, people like that, that showed me who he was. Um, as an adult, after that, you know, that break that we were on as an adult, um, it actually happened when I moved here just me being completely alone for the first time, like mm -hmm. really, really alone and isolated and away from my family, my friends, all things that I was familiar with. Um, it was in that moment where as an adult, I confidently like, okay, so this isn't just something that I heard a lot as a kid. This isn't something that I was comfortable with and felt good about. This was actually something real, um, kind of like a renewal of my faith altogether. Okay. And so I'll give you, give you my story. So like as a kid, I was like, and adults, stop doing this. Somebody like prophesied over me. And I was like eight. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is hocus pocus. This is cookie. Sure. I'm crying. Cause I'm like, what is what is happening? It's like there's a seance or something like that. Right. Like I'm serious. And, and sometimes like, it can be a little Yeah, it's a little weird. It's not. So so sometimes so sometimes Christians and and We'll get into the definition of Christian because I don't consider myself a Christian. I'll okay. talk to you about that in a little bit. But sometimes Christians do things that turn people off to God, right? And I think that happens. And and oftentimes people are badly churched. And I I don't think I was necessarily badly churched. I mean, we are we we go to church and the church is full of unperfect, like imperfect people, right? And they give us some of their own doctrine mixed with the word of God and things like that, whatever. Um, you know, everybody has to work that out with themselves. So you worked it out and you got your personal relationship with God. I received and or gained my personal relationship with God around the same age as you, 10, 11, 12. I can't. Yeah. You know, now, I'm a little old, right? So this is like 30 years ago, 30, 32 years. This I was is, born. Right? That's what I'm saying. Right? So I don't necessarily know the exact the exact date. The memory's getting fuzzy, right? As we continue on in life. But so I, I've had a relationship with God, but my relationship with God, you said he was your friend. Yeah. I that's not that hasn't been my experience. It should be. I know it should be because it says what a friend we have in Jesus. Like I understand. 
But my relationship with God, the way it was taught to me was God sits high and looks low. Mm -hmm. So I, my relationship with God has been more fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. You have to do this or it's been less loving and more transactional. Okay. So you said that you were like introduced in a way where like you sort of love who Jesus was and his character. Mm -hmm. I believe in the same Jesus you believe in, but it's more of hellfire and brimstone slash if you don't do this, you're going to go. It's tit for tat. It's transactional. Yeah. Like, that's crazy that's that we have the same belief. But yeah. And that's interesting that you say that because my pastor actually maybe a month ago was saying how children's ministry is so important and it's so important that we. We teach Jesus, we teach children how to have a relationship with Jesus and not just stories, because a lot of times in households, the Bible and Jesus and God are only used as that that way to what's the word she in English? Spanish. What's the word in English? To to punish. To punish. To punish. Yes. Wow. Um English is your first language, ma'am. It is, but sometimes I forget how to use it. <laughs> but, no, but no, seriously, he was talking about how a lot, a lot of households, that's the primary the primary use of the Bible is just to punish and to be like, hey, you do this, this is what's going to happen to mm -hmm. that hellfire and brimstone you were talking about. And that's unfortunate because it really does shape your entire viewpoint of who God is and that relationship you can have. So there's two, there's two ideologies that I have when it comes to that. One I know for sure is correct. Well, actually, both of them I know because of my just my my um my knowledge of history. <clears throat> religion has been used to control people, right? Now you notice I didn't say spirituality, say religion, because right. it's it's different, Fair. right? So so there's a difference. And with that hellfire and brimstone or that like you have to do this. It's twofold. One, it is to control people. But in my culture, the black culture, oftentimes it was used as another way to keep us as black kids mm -hmm. from being arrested or killed. Yeah. I know that sounds odd, but it's true. No, it right. So it's it's you're going to do what I say while you're in front of me because I'm your mom or your dad. Got that part. Right. It's harder for me to steal something when my mom is watching me. Yeah. But if I believe that if I steal, God is watching me and I'm going to go to hell when I go to the store, I'm less likely to steal and get caught by the white guy yeah. who's going to kill me or put me in jail. Yeah. So it's twofold. Now, the 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 church leaders in the black community, this ideology has been passed down since slavery. The heart is in the right place. They're trying to keep us alive. They're trying to keep us from getting killed. But. When you're learning about God through trauma, it sort of messes with the relationship. So where Jesus, you were taught, was your friend, Jesus was my savior only, yeah. right? And I believe that the God you see is the God you get. So I never got friend God. I got savior. And this is going to, this is like a, a universal law. I cannot protect or save who won't listen to me. Right. If you and I, me and you, this is happening. Yeah, I think we had we this walked, yeah, yeah. we walked across the street and, and it was a busy street. And I'm like, hey, Blair, you got to listen to me because you want my protection. Walk across I know, the street. I've never crossed that street. Right. Before. Exactly. So so imagine if I'm like, OK, Blair, don't go. And then you run out and you get hit. You then couldn't blame me for not protecting you. Right. So you have to listen. So so that's how I that's how I've had God for. I can't even say the majority of it still. So to me, God is a mean 
Like I have to fight the, the image of God that I got when I was 10 or 12, yeah. this mean dictator. Now I know better, sure. but I don't feel it any differently because I think what we get in our heart are the things that we're planning in us as, as, as children. Yeah. That's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard, hard to do. So where you had this relationship with God and then you said, you all stopped talking, mm -hmm. took a break. Yeah. Talk to me about the, the, the taking a break part. Um, Okay. This is a, I, I haven't shared my testimony with a lot of people. Okay. Um, but that's, now with everybody now. That's fine. Um, so actually when I got to college, I went to a small private Baptist university in North Carolina and I was involved in lots of campus ministry and it was beautiful. And I felt like my faith was growing, but it got to a point where actually I was starting to feel, and this was lies of the enemy and not knowing who my identity was in Christ and not really knowing what he calls me. Um, which I think is fundamental to this whole conversation about hearing his voice in prayer and everything. Yes. But anyways, I didn't really know who I was and I started feeling a little inadequate compared to some of my other peers who were leading campus ministry and who were praying and singing and worshiping and everything. And I just kind of felt like, am I even really like a Christian? Like, do I even really have a faith? Because I am nothing like them. And that was the first time I had really experienced that that feeling of comparison to another person. Mm -hmm. um, so that started. And then I started living in the world in a way that I hadn't done before. A series of events happened that were pretty tough for me to work through. And because I didn't have that strong foundation and who I was in God, I didn't have the tools I needed to fight back whenever life started lifing, okay. as the children say. Um, and so I just began living the world and kept doing that. I enjoyed it. I was just running as far away as possible. And I think, honestly, I was kind of testing God to see, like, how far are you going to let me go mm. before you pull me back? If this is really real. Like, if we were really in this together, <laughs> how far are you going to let me go before you pull me back? Um, so I lived like that for a while, got into a really nasty, toxic relationship that I was in for, like, four, almost five years. And we broke up right before the pandemic. And it was during that period where I really started to say, okay, like, what has happened as to me as a human, what's happened to me as a, a believer of Jesus, like how has this affected my faith? And then from there, I started restoring everything. Okay, so I appreciate that. So you were like, God, I'm going to walk away. And I'm happy you say that because God doesn't leave us. Mm -hmm. We leave him, Yeah. right? Like we're the ones that walk away. I think that's very important to know. People like, God abandoned me. No, it was on me. <laughs> right, right, right. I knew that. Right, right. And I, I think that's so mature of you to say that you did, that you walked away. Now, while I have never walked away, I never really felt that close. Again, because mine, instead of friend, father, son relationship, it's been. Actually, you know what? This is the best way to describe it. God has not been my father. I have been a soldier following orders, right? So, so that, that's how God has been in my life. Now, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. I believe if the sky cracked open right now, I would be saved, I think, right? <laughs> because nobody really knows, right? So, so I think so, but so, so the belief is there. So I've never had that, I walked away. I've had the, I know I'm not doing right, yeah. but I know that I'm, this is gonna sound, Terrible, but I've always believed that I'm saved anyway, because when I was growing up, I realized I can't not sin like me. Other people might be able to do it. 
But me, I'm always going to fall short. It says it in the Bible, right? You know, we're all sin and falling short of God's glory. All of us. So, and for me, I sort of read it like we all have sin and we'll continue to sin, right? Like I, I got, I don't, I don't believe in my own capability that I, me, without the Holy Spirit, without God guiding me, can stop sinning, right? And and sinning is, I don't believe sinning is what put a person in hell. I believe sinning keeps us under the hedge of protection of God, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's how that's how I see it. Because it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It didn't say whosoever believeth him and not sin, right? It didn't say that. Now, Ooh, okay. Right, right. So just, okay. just, just go with me. I'm, I'm just listening I'm, right I'm now. Building how, I'm building how I, how I view God. So when I go out and I'm, I'm living my life and, you know, teenage years, 20s, 30s, now 40s, right? You know, we've been, we've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this for a minute, <laughs> right? So I have never had that close feel like God is like, you're my friend. You are my father. We have this glowing, flowing relationship. Therefore, it's been hard for me to hear from God other than orders. Mm. And the orders are easy to find. Pick up the Bible. They're right there. Yeah. Right? So that's where. So you and I have had conversations. So you stop talking to God. Or you you, you guys stop communicating. Mm. I never did. Because mm. it's just, it's been the orders. Wow. Yeah, I know. Right? So what do you, what do you think about that? I just, well, I have thoughts about some of the things you're saying earlier, but I just wonder how have you, what's kept you even interested this long without having that communication with him and it just being orders to me, I would not go to hell. So, so that's, so, so at at the core of it all, when I was a kid, that's what you were taught about God. Don't go to hell. Like that's like, it's not about God's love. It's about salvation. Yeah. And salvation is literally don't go to hell. You're saved. Right. So people used to ask, are you saved? Not do you have a relationship with God? Yeah. In my church community, are you saved? Well, yeah, saved just means didn't die. Right. But it doesn't mean living and thriving. So it sounds like you were building a relationship on thriving and living. And I was building my, I don't know if you want to call it a relationship on just don't go to hell. Yeah. Well, and I would say too, I feel like my relationship wasn't thriving though until like the pandemic. Okay. I feel like my relationship hasn't thrived at all by definition until the past few years, because in the beginning, when I first knew God, I also had that same type of mentality. It was there about like, Hey, we're not trying to go to hell. We're trying to be saved. I was like, okay. Don't go to hell. Exactly. <laughs> but, but there was also that nurturing, loving piece of who God was as well. And so it was the combination of the two that got me interested in the beginning. Okay. And I just, I just wouldn't call my relationship thriving because this was all from 10 to like 18 to 20 years old, you know, I don't know how much it can really thrive without the influence of like my parents and my church until I was by myself and an adult um, a few years ago. Okay. So when you, again, God didn't leave you, you, you took a couple steps away. Um, so when you decide to go back or or whatever you know after pandemic after you know you moved here you were alone isolated and i believe that oftentimes god isolates to elevate i believe oh, he does that um you can find that through all throughout the bible that was my first episode i think on my podcast yeah, was, okay. was about that being yes. like in the wilderness yes, yes. In the wilderness. yeah i remember that i did i did <laughs> i said listen to that one yeah in the wilderness so 
So now that you've you've regained that close friend, yeah. so this is the crux of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Took us a while to get there, but we're teachers, so we talk a lot. We, we got there. <laughs> so the hearing from God, mm-hmm. I, me, Rev, don't hear from God. Like God told me to go here. God told me to say this. You were telling me yesterday, God gave you a word. Man, I've been this for 30 some years. He, he gave me a word. He did give me a word. <laughs> he gave me a word. He, he, he gave me the Bible. Like, you better read this and yeah. that's it. How do you know that it's God speaking to you? And and I know you and I have had this conversation before, and I'm not even going to front and pretend like there haven't been moments in the past few months where I've been like, okay, who is this talking? Is this my imagination or is this God? But I feel like when I know without a shadow of a doubt that it's God, it's something that is repetitive. It's something that I, I hear continuously. It's something in direct relation to something that I was already praying about or wondering about. Um, and it's something good, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. good good things come from God, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. um, so for example, yesterday, uh, <laughs> I, I've been going through, and I said this in the episode that I recorded, I've been going through just a lot of stuff and feeling very stuck in my walk and just honestly feeling very stuck in what my purpose is because I feel like he dropped some nuggets throughout the past six months and now nothing's progressing and anyways I started reading Jacob uh Joshua started reading Joshua and I was just the book of Jacob I know I and I've said Jacob like three times but I was recording the episode <laughs> I had to share this it's a six and seven book Look at Maccabees, what's happening here? It's in, it's in the Apocrypha. Oh, there it is. Yes, yes, yes. The Apocrypha. Right. Um, so I was reading the book of Joshua. And when I was reading the story, one that honestly, I don't think I have ever read before for with my own eyes. Okay. Um, just I've heard the story, but haven't actually read it myself. And I started reading through it. And it was exactly what I was going through. I could relate it to that story. And I felt like that was God directly speaking to me like, hey, this is this is how we navigate through this together. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in that situation, that's how he spoke to me. But I think he speaks to me in a lot of different ways than just that. I think what you first said was very important. That has to be good, right? Yeah. So a lot of times, so let, let's vulnerability with Ray, right? Love it. I have prayed through sin. Yeah. In my life, like, God, really want to hook up with this girl, mm-hmm. right? Like, come on, man. You can't be praying to God. But I've done it. And yeah. guess what? If I've done it, that means other people have done it too. Of course. And I was reading. So, so I've struggled. I've asked pastors. I have been almost in tears before about how do I hear from God? Because I just don't. And I am one of one of my pastor friends. Um, shout out to, to Eric. He sent me a article. And it was talking about like, how do you hear from God? So a couple of things that you said were, were right. Like, is it purposeful or repetitive like like is it when it's a purposeful does it does it grow the kingdom of god does it can this thing help god's kingdom because that's ultimately what we're here to do to help grow the kingdom of god i think that's that's the blanket purpose and then we all have different purposes in order to do it so you for example you sing Mm -hmm. right singing can be a part of your growing the kingdom of god nobody in the world wants to hear rev sing right but when it comes to talking to teenagers and and giving teenagers God the way that teenagers can interpret it, I would put myself up against yeah. anybody with that, yeah. right? So, so again, growing the kingdom of God. So, so that, that's one. Another one is um, would other people, 
like other other church members, church leaders, followers of Christ, would they agree or not agree? Would they but would they say, you know what, that that is from God? It's not like you know I'm going to go out here and okay. sell drugs and I believe that drugs are a part of what God wants me to do. The the church community would be like, no, nah, that's probably not right. what God wants you to do. Um, another part was, is it or is it in line with God's character? And that's the good part. That's the thing. Right? Yeah. That's the good part. So when I was going out praying and be like, God, I think it's your will for me to be sleeping with this girl. Right. You know, we're like Mary, but we're not. Yeah, but that wasn't the will of God. So I knew. So, so yeah, I have that, but I still don't have that conviction because I have had that conviction about a person, a place, or a thing. And then it doesn't work out. And I'm like, but wait a minute. I swear that was God, but ultimately it was me. So how do you parse? And I don't know how. So you're the person who and, answer all the questions. Okay. Well, this is a conversation. <laughs> I think that's something I'm still struggling with. Um, and you know, just from the conversation yes. we've had recently, there are some things where I, like, for example, yesterday when I was reading, I knew that was God because it's just so relevant to the things that I have been praying on for the past few weeks is so relevant to just the things that have been in my heart the past couple of days. And I just knew that was him. Okay. There have been other moments where I, I was pretty confident. <laughs> I was pretty confident that was God, like legitimately not just me being a woman, being emotional. Cause you know, this is about a man. Hey. So <laughs> I was, I wasn't um, being a woman, just being emotional and just being in my feelings and being like, Oh no, I, I'm pretty sure God told me that. No, I legitimately felt like it was God. Um, but then when, like you said, things don't happen, that causes that doubt to seep in. So I'm like, okay, and this is a whole, this might be too much for you, but I get to this place where I'm like, okay, so now I'm doubting. So is this doubt because the reality is it wasn't God that told me that, or is this doubt because the enemy is trying to make me doubt what God already said. And so now I'm doubting. It's a whole, does that make any sense? It's no, like I a whole sense. I don't know the answer is what I'm trying to get at. It's like, I don't, there are some times where I'm still kind of wondering, is this me or is it God? Okay. Um, I, that, that's that's where I live. It's not sometimes. Yeah. I just live in that space um, because I have a similar situation with an ex. I felt God's like, this is your wife. Yeah. Okay. I ain't married. So clearly it didn't work out. Yeah. Now I do understand that that personal will comes into play. God, sure. God can have something for us and we can, I don't think we can mess up God's ultimate plan, but we can mess up the path to get to that plan. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So, and, and you have to, and the other person has to be a willing participant. If God tells me that this young lady is supposed to be my wife, but then she has a reprobate heart and she won't listen to God, yeah. then God's not going to force that. Exactly. You know, so, but then I'm still like, is that God? So I, me and you, this is the part that you and I have talked about. I'm like, God, you're God. I believe God can. This is the problem. What is faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, mm -hmm. right? That's what it says in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's one of my favorite Bible verses. It explains what faith is. And we can't be, we, 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 the only way we can be saved is through grace by faith. Yeah. Well, yeah, is it faith by grace? Whatever. You you understand what I'm saying. So, all right. So, God, I know that you can. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that you will. That's what faith is to me. Believing that God can, but just because he can doesn't mean he will because he knows that his will is better than my will. And I pray God's will on my life. But I'm like, God, 
I need to hear from you. God, you can just come out and make it plain, but you won't. And that's where I, like, like God is big enough to handle my frustration. And that's when I get frustrated with God. Like, God, I want to, in my heart, to hear from you. I want to stop being a soldier and I want to be a son. I don't know how to do that. And you're not helping. And this is what I say these things to God. So I struggle with hearing from God because God isn't clear. Okay. Does that does that make sense? So when you think like you you say, well, okay, well, God, you wanted me to go here and then it didn't work out, and then you're doubting. And I'm like, well, God, why didn't you just tell me? Why didn't you make it so clear that it can't be like like there there is no doubt? So do you ever wrestle with that idea? I know you and I had some conversations about that before, like like the the fact that God can be as clear as day, but but sometimes he chooses not to be. Yeah, I actually I watched a video this morning about and it was sharing about who God is and how God reveals himself to us and why God doesn't just do some great cosmic work to prove who he is. But instead he chose, it was about the gospel. Instead he chose to send Jesus instead he chose to become human and the whole gospel. Um, I feel like I do struggle with that sometimes. And I think that that's been kind of the focus of this year in my life personally, because the theme of this year in my walk has been pride. I know, you know, I've talked about pride a lot as well in the past few months. But that has been the theme of my life. And okay. I didn't realize how prideful I was and the amount of ways that I was prideful and the amount of ways that pride can manifest itself. And that's something that I have had to come to grips with is that my frustration is because I want the answer and because I want to know why you didn't do this, God, why you didn't just take me where I needed to be. Why am I jumping through all these things? I know, but that's, but it's, I don't deserve to know because I'm not God. And and so that's, for me, that's what's given me peace. See, no, 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 no. To me, that's what's given me peace in those moments. Like, yes, I'm, I'm frustrated with my current situation, but at the same time, I have peace because I don't need to have control of this. I'm not supposed to have control of this. And I know you do. And I'm still going to follow you wherever you say to go, you know? And I'm, and so, so this is what I've talked to God about. So you're like, I don't need to know this, but I'm like, I do because I can't do what you want me to do unless you tell me like that. Like, so so my, my prayers to God is God. Okay. God, if you want me to move to Taiwan, tell me to move to Taiwan. I will do it with no hesitation, but you don't tell me. Right. So then I end up somewhere else and I'm miserable. And then later on, I think, does that make sense? What yeah. I'm saying? So, so my frustration is my heart's desire is to please God. It really, really is. But outside of the rules, hmm. I don't know how to please God because he won't tell me what to do outside of the rules to please him. Hmm. Does that make any it, sense? It does. It does. And the frustration is, God, but you can, but you won't. And then, and then I have to check myself and say, okay, maybe he is telling me, I just can't hear him. So then I pray, well, give me the ear to hear. And I still don't have the ear to hear. So it's just like a circular it's thing. A cycle. Yeah. I will say when you were talking about, oh man, what did you say? You said something and it got me thinking about the relationship between like me and a professor that I've had who I'm just following the rules for and yes. how our relationship is like versus me and a parent mm-hmm. and how I want to please them to make them proud mm-hmm. and to honor their name and not mm-hmm. just follow the rules like a professor. I, I just thought about that. I was going to ask you though, how you say, God, give me the ear to hear. What are other ways that 
you think you could hear from God? Or what are you looking for? What's this clarity that you're looking for? Are you wanting like audible? Are you wanting a sign? Are you wanting like, what are you? Will you hand me that book? Yeah. See, clear. (laughs) That like that. (laughs) Yes. See that that's, that's how I want it to be. Like give me, I I don't need signs. I don't need signs and wonders. Again, that's more that hocus pocus Mm -hmm. of when they were, prophesying over me as a kid and I am I am God made me the way he made me for a reason he made me this way because my personality and my skill set are needed to complete the mission that he has given me so my very I'm very practical and I'm very logical yeah that is not something that needs to be preached out of me beat out of me changed or anything you need some practical people because I when I talk to I've talked to non-believers about God and they begin to understand God more because I present them God in a logical and not a mystical way. So it's a good thing. So with that practicality and that logic, I need God to be practical. Tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I, and and when I said, I want the ear to hear, I tell God, God, I want to love you more. I want to turn from soldier to son. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. I need you to turn me from soldier to son. Crickets. See that silence? That. And I'm not saying it's God's fault. Right. What I'm saying is, however He's speaking to me, I don't hear it. And you hear from God, and I'm like, I'm yeah. jealous, but in a good way. I want, I want to hear. I want you to hear too. And and I wonder too, what are things that you've done? Because I know you said that you don't know how to do this, but what are things you've tried? Because surely there are things in your life that you've wanted to do, like making a podcast, yeah. and you didn't know all the things to do yet. But you you just, this is what you were telling me in the beginning. You're like, Blair, just do it. You'll learn everything later. And, and so what have you just done to try to grow this relationship with God without hearing from him directly? I'm going to give you a couple of things that I've done. Okay. One, prayer. I fasted some. But your boy be hungry, man. It, that's, I look. It's hard. <laughs> I'm like, man, hey, look, God, I'll fast from something else. But this food, though, need that. But, but no, no, on a, on a more serious note, read his word, listen to his word. I'm an auditory, so I listen. Even, yeah. even my my Bible is on my phone. I listen to it. Um, think those those type of things. And what I ultimately do is this. Okay, God, I'm gonna do this thing. If it's for you, bless it. If it's not, stop it. Mm-hmm. But that's still not God telling me what to do. It's sort of me saying what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I sort of line it up and say, well, this can be ordained. It's like moving, moving to Medellin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was there any bad into moving to Medellin? No, I wasn't moving here to mess around with a bunch of floozies. There's a word for you, floozies, because I'm I old. I grew up right. on that word. <laughs> oh, like, my mama. <laughs> My mama used to tell me not to be actually like one of them. And she Don't be acting like a movie. Lucy. That's her name, my mama. Okay. Shouts out to, to, to Mama Blair. Okay. But who was a babe, by the way. She was. Is what you said she the other day. But, 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 but seriously, though, so it's more, Paul did this in the Bible one time, um, where, forget exactly what, it, what he was doing, but he was traveling somewhere and he said, the, the Holy Spirit didn't allow him to go, but he was just going on his own and then he was stopped. So that's sort of what I do. So when it was coming, like moving to Medellin, again, for the example, I wanted to move here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, God, I don't know if you're ordaining this or not, but I'm going to do it. And if you don't want me to move here, stop it. So I came here and I can say, well, God bless me to move here, but I don't know if God 
told me to move here or called me to move here. I sort of did it. And he was like, okay. But instead of that, I want the mission. I want, so, so there are some things I know about my mission. My mission is to impact the lives of young people. I told you how I know this the other day. For, for people who have listened to my other podcast, I'm going to give you guys a quick refresher. My brother uh, passed away October 15, 2016. Um, before he died, like an hour before he died, I had I had like an hour conversation with him. We were driving and spare you all the details, but he basically told me, he was like, you got to be happy and being happy is following God's purpose and the things that God told you to do. Hour later, my brother passed away in a tragedy. We'll get to that another time. And I believe my my that God was speaking to me through my brother. That was in 2016. I haven't heard God speak to me since. And I know it was God because my brother never talks like that. That dude never, ever, ever. If you knew my brother, he was cool. He loved God, but he never talked about purpose and things of that nature. And I knew it was God because... When he was talking to me, I was like, why is he saying this to me? And an hour later, I was like, oh, God knew I would hear my brother's yeah. voice. So that was more practical. That was concrete. So now I know that my purpose is to affect the lives of young people because I've always had it in my heart and it was confirmed. But I don't know how to hear from God like you. Yeah. And, and, and maybe you still struggle with it sometimes. Yeah. Like I said, I still definitely do with not knowing having the discernment. I know you know I've talked about how we both yes. have really good discernment. discernment yes. I think that's a key, a key play in all this as well. Um and I think I have a pretty good discernment, but there's some times where I just doubt myself and I just wonder, is this me or is this God? And it's so funny you shared about Medellin and this isn't like to step on your story, but I think I was called to Medellin. Okay. So can I share the, yeah, the way so, so, yes, yes, because <laughs> apparently you're maybe I ain't had my cell phone bill or something because the call isn't connecting, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Please tell your story about how you know you are called here. So, okay. I, like I said, I've been a teacher. I started teaching at this school in 2015. It was this Title I school in North Carolina. And I worked there for a couple of years. Then I moved to a different city, worked there for a few years. And then I came back to the school I started at, which okay. I feel like is very uncommon. I don't yeah. know if many people that leave a school and come back. There's a school that I ain't going back. Yeah. And I, like, a lot of change. people would not come back to this school for the same back. reason. But I loved the school that I started out. Shout out East Gardner Middle School. It's <laughs> it's the best. Shout <laughs> out East Gardner Middle School. Um, so I came back. And this was the year of the pandemic. So this was August of 2020. Okay. And we were an IB magnet school, but not really. It's just we had those credentials because we were a out of one school in the hood. And we needed people to come. Right. Um, so our IB coordinator, her son actually taught at graded school in Brazil. He was an international teacher. And my first year there in 2015, she talked about that. And I was like, what? People actually they actually teach abroad. That's a real thing. I didn't know anything about that. How do I do that? And she said, after your third year of teaching, you can start applying. But I was in a different city at that time. Okay. Anyways, I came back in 2020. I reached out. I was like, hey, I'm just, I'm interested in this. This is like part of my five-year plan. I would love to, at some point, move abroad. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I was like, waiting for this. Anyway, go ahead. Part of my five-year plan. <laughs> Continue on. But I'm a, a laughing spell, so you gotta give me a second. 
Sorry, folks. This is this is a, this is a real friendship. So this is what we do. Yes. So part of your five-year plan. Yes. Um, and I wanted just to get some information about it. So she gave me some size. She said, "Hey, apply to Amisa. It was ASA at the time. Here's Amisa. Here's the IB website. She just gave me all these resources. And I started looking into it. So I literally just started looking into schools abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I made an account on Amisa. They told me I had to fill out an application to make an account. So I low-key made an application. But I told my principals, like, hey, it's just asking me to do this. I'm not leaving. I just, I want to see what this is about. Right. So just so you know, long story short, in a matter of like two weeks, I had an account. I had an interview with Juan David and your mm-hmm. uh, your cousin or your friend? Uh, just my friend. Okay, yeah. your friend. Yeah. And I was hired like in a two-week right. time frame. Right. And I'm someone that personally believes when things move really quickly, that's that's like God. Okay. Right? Yep. So that was the first thing. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this happened really, really quickly. That same year, I was actually teaching in a co, um, a bilingual inclusion class. And my co-teacher was a native Spanish speaker. She had connections to people in Colombia. She found out that I was going there. She connected me with a teacher who was at our school before I even got here. And so like we were communicating before I was even moving. It was just so many connections. I went to go, I had a cat. I went to go to PetSmart. I know I went to go to PetSmart to ask about, this is relevant to the story. (laughs) I went to go to PetSmart to find out about vaccines. And the uh, attendant was asking me questions about where I was going. And I just talked to her and she said, oh, I was just in Columbia a month ago. It's the best. It's just little nuggets like that. Like people that had no connection whatsoever mm-hmm. were just saying things about where I was going. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of confirming of what what happened, I guess. Yes. So that to me said that God had called me. And then the last thing that was probably the biggest is I was packing up stuff and I found this letter. I'm the type of person that keeps all my birthday cards and Christmas cards and everything because I love it. And I found one from my grandma who passed away in 2016. And this was in 2020 when I found it. And it hadn't been opened. And I was like, what is this? Like this, she died in 2016. I opened all my letters. What is this? And I opened it up and it had John, oh, is it 1516 or 1514? I don't know. Basically just says how like God didn't, we didn't choose God. He chose us Mm -hmm. and how he has a plan for each of us. Mm -hmm. And she wrote in there, like, don't forget the purpose God has for you and the blessing you are to so many. This is like right after I accepted the job to come. And so to me, those were ways that God spoke to me through my situation and through other people. So, so end. No, no, no. It's a great story because you you said some things in there that I want to expound upon a little bit, um, throw back to you. So I agree with you. When things just seem to work in speed mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden, I believe that God is orchestrating. Yes. He's sitting now. God doesn't orchestrate everything. Like some people, I was dating a girl one time and her mom was like, God told me to wear this dress today. I was like, that's weird. Like, yeah. like you got that cool relationship with God. Well, he's picking out your clothes. I don't think he does all that. Right. But whatever. Been in a different relationships, but I do believe that God coordinates. So I agree. I've experienced God coordinating things. When it came to buying my house in Austin, God coordinated everything. Like this is real quick story. My credit score was good enough to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Something happened. My credit score dropped 100 points in a day. That's a lot. Right. It was a miscommunication, right? I was able to get on the phone and it went from dropping 100 points in a day to raising 130 by the time it needed to in okay. order for me to sign and everything. So I believe that that was God ordained. Yeah. It, it just worked itself out. Um, even when it came to moving here, 
I know that it was ordained after I did it. He, but he didn't tell me to move here. I was sort of doing things and then everything began to work out. So I believe that there's a difference between God orchestrating and God telling you. Yeah. And I want to get into the God told me, you know, my mama told me to tell you, right? I want to get to my God told me to tell you, but I never get to that point. Does that make sense? Do you see the difference it, between what it I'm does? Saying? It does. And I don't, I don't think we, I think God does that. I've never heard God audibly. People say they do. I've never heard God audibly, but okay. I think God doesn't have to do that as much anymore because of Jesus and then the Holy Spirit within okay. us. You know, I feel like if we look at New Testament, like when I was reading Joshua, God told Joshua, hey, Moses is dead. You're next in line. You tell the Israelites this. That's what I want. That. But we don't need that anymore because we have I'm the Holy Spirit. You know, this we is you and everybody else. I need God to be like, hey, Rev, do this. Okay. Right? And and the and because I want to do the right thing, it, I don't yeah. like ambiguity. He knows your intentions. Right. I really want to do the right thing. And the only right thing I know to do is really what not to do. So do you want to do the right thing only because you still are like, I just don't want to go to hell? Or no, is it because no, no, you no. want to like serve him, make him proud, glorify him? All so, those so me and my daughter the, the the knowing and the knowing and the wanting and the wanting. That's what makes sense. Okay. Right? So I know in my brain that God loves me and the relationship with God is about love, but I don't know it. Here mm, and that's right. He cares more about that. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So here, and I'm touching my chest for our, our audio audience. Here is still be a good little boy so you don't go to hell. Yeah. But in my brain, I know for God so loved the world. See that it's his love. So I want to do the right thing because of my head, because I want it's not about pleasing, because I think my salvation is is secure because. I know enough to say, okay, well, God, you know, you know, I'm going to sin from time to time, but you know, I'm trying my best and you're not after, after my execution, you're after my effort. You want me to try more than you want me to get it perfect Okay. because some people can get it perfect, but their heart is in the right place. Right. So I really want to do the right things, but I want to thrive in God. And I, I can only thrive when I have that relationship going back to what you said yeah. at the beginning. And it's like, it's like with our students. I have a student in Austin. He and I have, and it's okay. Like, it's going to sound weird. He and I have a relationship. His mama knows, his daddy knows. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. People kid. not in education, y'all yeah, 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 yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, like, so this kid has my cell phone. Yeah. He can text me. He can call me. We hang out. His mom loves the fact that he and I have that relationship. He can call, he calls me Coach Rev because I coach him for basketball. He can call Coach Rev morning, noon, and night. Boom, he can. The rest of the kids, we have that soldier, that soldier relationship. You do what I say or you're going to fail the class. He has, not that he's my son, but he has that more intimate relationship. That's what I'm craving. That's what I, that's what I desire. What's the difference between the relationship I have with the kids and, and him? That's what I was going to ask you. It's a personal relationship. He can call me. I can call him. He can hear my voice. The, with them, it's just direct orders. But what did he do to get that place in your heart? Spent time, which I knew with God. Okay. Spent time. And this is going to sound crazy. Just like you said, 
I chose him. I saw something in him that said, you know what? I see a lot of me in him and I know what it's like to be me as a kid. Yeah. It's not necessarily the best thing in the world today. People are not going to treat you great. So let me build him up. I want God to see me like that and say, God, like, like, okay, son, Rev, I will have a personal relationship and I just haven't gotten it yet. So I'm trying to do everything I can to gain that relationship. But again, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Just like with me and this kid, he couldn't develop that relationship with me without me also developing that relationship with him. Right now, the way I feel in my heart, I'm trying to develop the relationship with God, but God isn't necessarily trying to relate to, to give me the relationship back. It's sort of like what Paul said, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. Okay, God, well, yeah, I got your grace. Thank you for the salvation, but I want more. I crave more. And you seem to have more. And I'm like, how do I get some of that I, relationship with God? But Rev, like it's, it's something that it's crazy. It's crazy. It's something that I thought I had. Mm -hmm. Like I thought from the time that I was saved to the time where I started running away, I thought that my relationship with God was, was gravy. Like I thought we were good and smooth and wonderful. And I didn't even realize that this type of relationship could happen. And like, I legitimately want that for you too, because I thought I thought I was at the peak, even though I knew I wasn't, you know, a pastor or anything. I thought, wow, Christianity is so great. Jesus is so awesome. But now it's just so much, it's so much more beyond, honestly, what I could even imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and I want that for you too. And I don't know, I don't know where that disconnect is because I think it's so personal. But I have you a know? question for you. Yeah. How did you develop the relationship? Because maybe I'm not developing, like, what do you, yeah. like, what do, you do? Um, okay. So going back to my testimony, because like I said, I feel like once I became an adult and really once I moved here, this really, really hit the fan. Um, during the pandemic, I had started like, okay, God, I just want to be more, I just want to think more like you. I want to be more like you. I started reading the Bible a little bit, but I've never been super juiciosa with like responsible and making good choice with reading the Bible. Um, when I got here, there was a moment where I, um, after my first year, because my first year, I feel like I started off trying to to walk the walk, but then I was just falling into all the other like gringo expat teacher, I, you know, the traps, you know, the, the traps. traps. <laughs> I was falling into the traps, and it got to a point where I was so fed up. I was like, God, I've already lived this life. I don't want to go back here. I, I just this isn't what I want to be. Um, after that first year, I realized maybe I shouldn't have come to Medellin. Maybe this was a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, I need a community really more than anything, because I need other people holding me accountable. I need other people showing me who you are, because I'm kind of out here alone, God. And I don't, these people that I work with are not doing things I want to do. And I don't know. And so when I came back from the summer, I was literally sitting in the floor of my apartment and just crying. I'm like, God, like, what is the reason? Like, why am I here? I'm still alone. Like, what's going on? And for me personally, it was about pride. And it was about, Blair, you need to be completely isolated. I need you to stop looking for dependency on any of these other people. I need you to stop calling your mama first when good things happen. I need you to stop calling your brother first when bad things happen. Calling your friends, calling whoever. I need you to stop thinking that you can do this on your own. You're just this independent person who can take care of herself. Like, no girl, like mm -hmm. I'm, let me be your dad, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. for me who has had a very exchange relationship with my father, my whole life. And that's a whole nother conversation for another day. 
that's like what I needed. And so when God presented himself to me in a way of like, Hey, you can't handle this on your own. Hey, you're alone for a reason. Cause I needed you to be completely isolated. So you can really see who I am and depend on me before all these other people and things in your life. Cause it was also substances and other people and everything else, you know, um, that's when, that's when that relationship started. Cause I was like, okay, I let's do it. Wow. And yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And maybe, and now you got me thinking, like I did a, uh, the second verse of the Revelations podcast I did on pride and pride goes before the fall. Yeah. And I try, and, and and I have seen pride destroy relationships where I am prideful and it destroys a relationship that I have. And now you got me thinking, has my pride been the reason why I have not gone from soldier to son? Mm. Um, I don't think it is, but you've given me something to chew on. Yeah. And now I can begin to search that and pray and say, God, show me the areas in which I'm still prideful. That's the thing. Right. And maybe that is maybe that's it. Maybe my pride has developed the wall. But the great thing about it is the desire is there. And yeah. conversations like this help me. I know they're going to help you. And maybe it can help our audience as 100%. well. So thank you so much thank for joining for me, me on this verse of the Revelation podcast. So now we got to do part two on the uh, Blessed Assurance podcast. Yes. We have to. We are. 100%. <laughs> So what we're going to do is just a, like a trial run. Like this isn't going to be it. Correct. So you need to like chill out. Like that's what this is. Oh my God. <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is the blue needs to chill portion of the podcast episode. And yes. chill. You have hands that I'm like literally yes. chill. Yes. So you, you need to chill and. Making sure Speak. the microphone hears us. Yes, and all, all the good stuff. So this is this is what we're this is what we're doing.